Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Joining me tonight, Steve Classic. And Nikki. Nikki, Steve and I are gonna are gonna rant here a little bit about midget wrestling. Oh, <laughs> oh we are. Wait, yeah. Did you guys go yesterday? We did. Yeah. It's How not, was it? It was amazing. Give us a review. It's, again, it's not wrestling; it's sports entertainment. Well, okay, yeah, it's it's micro something, micro, <laughs> micro, wrestlers. micro wrestlers. They don't use the word midget in their like uh, advertisements. Well, I guess that's. Um ableist or whatever yeah, word it's frowned upon yeah. i guess but then like when you get there they're like yeah we're the midgets that are performing tonight so, and, and, and the, the the mc there's a guy walking around with a microphone during the whole thing like sort of emceeing as the action is happening and sort of giving you the plot line of the story of like why these people are angry at each other That's you great. know the, that kind of stuff is that and, normally how wrestling is uh, or uh, what is well, it? What do you call it? Well, Steve's sports, m- it's sports entertainment. Sports, sports entertainment. entertainment. Yeah, Steve's more uh, experienced at watching uh, like pro wrestling. I than know. I wasn't am. Richie Rich as well? He he was a WWE guy. He's or a whatever. fan. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Indeed. And it's very much like that, except smaller, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Micro. Right? Yeah. Uh, but then, like, the MC is even like, yeah, these midgets are really taking it to each other. So, like, apparently, yeah. it's not frowned on so much. At least by them and I, their, yeah. their 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 event. So I think it's one of those things on. where it's not necessarily PC, but the actual people don't care. Yeah, I, that right. happens a lot with like all with like race Seems things. To be the and, case. Yeah, that's usually and, how it is. And like, really, what I want to do, I just want to give these guys some kudos. They put on an entertaining show. That's Absolutely. great, right? They're obviously trained in like uh, acting and comedy. Right, they're ad libbing at times. They're they were getting heckled. Yeah, the audience is heckling the crap out of these yeah. guys, and they're they got witty comebacks and you know <laughs> stuff to say back to them and all this kind of thing. Like they've obviously handled all of this before, and yeah. they know how to handle it now. Well, I'm assuming if you go to midget wrestling, you're probably not a boring person. Like you probably have a sense of humor. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> one would hope. Yeah, we yeah. did bump into one yeah. lady without a sense of humor, but <laughs> oh, it was yes. because uh, we got sad in our seats we paid for you know ringside you know vip meet and greet we didn't get any of that we got the ringside but like it was a very <laughs> no meet and greet it wasn't no. like a very organized thing like yeah. sometimes you go to a concert and you get the vip the meet and greet and they take you back to like the green room yeah. where yeah. you do the meet and greet and take a photo and you know you, you get that souvenir they didn't do any of that it was just like you come up and talk to them at the merch table if you wanted to but basically there was one guy checking to see what's your order number or what's your name on the tickets and then he would show you to your seats and like he literally like i told him like yeah we paid for like vip ringside or whatever and he's like oh uh okay uh, like he didn't know what to do with that information yeah. just walked us over to some seats and was like here these are our vip seats and they just they were ringside but like yeah. you could tell that they didn't have anything designated for any of this stuff yeah uh he was just making it up as he went along so at some point you know, we got our seats, and they were numbered, and so we got little stickers with our number to, like, you know, okay, these are our seats. We got up, went to the bar, got some drinks. We come back, and there's people in our seats. And harumph, harumph. Yeah, and we're like, hey, uh, these are our seats. Look, we hung our, our coats Look on the- Look at my sticker. We hung <laughs> right. our coats on the back of the chairs, and, like, yeah. here's the sticker, and then the number, it matches the corresponding number or whatever. And they got up and left. Yeah. And- Nothing says somebody's sitting here more than a, a coat on the back of the seat. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> And so at some point, this lady comes up and gets in, in Classic's face. 
He's like, you're Mr. Liar Man. You're a big fat liar. Liar, liar. Right? And I'm like, what the heck's going on? And he's like, he's like, she's she's saying that we stole her seats instead of they stole our seats or whatever. And I'm like, well, send her send her to me if she complains because I yeah. got the tickets. I got the receipt. I can prove that. I we said, bought, talk to know. my attorney over here. Yeah. So it was actually <laughs> like, the, sorry, I'm not answering questions <laughs> yeah, I don't today, answer ma'am. Questions. So other than that, everybody was having a great time. Right. The show was fantastic. The performers were like, these are some buff midgets. Right, they're they're muscular. They they work yeah. out. I was like, yeah. I'm pretty sure one of these guys could kick my ass, yeah. right? You know, because they're like <laughs> they're they're buff. You yeah. know, so uh, we have a great time. The show goes on. Uh, everybody else is having a great time, and it wasn't until we got outside of the venue where uh, this lady comes up and again starts getting in in, in, my in Steve's face. face about you're Mr. Liarman, blah blah blah, and I'm like, hey hey, come over here, and I'm like, look, I blah blah blah, I paid for the tickets, etc. and so on. I got the receipt, and she goes, well, I got my receipt too, right? And she's she'd been drinking. Did they not give her a different table? I don't know what happened. Like they like it no seemed idea. to me like she got up and went into like a whole other room. The first confrontation, like at ringside, so I don't know where they eventually sat. I don't know if they had VIP. Yeah. Maybe there was a green room I didn't know about, and she went and sat back in there and hung out with the midgets or something. I have no idea <laughs> what happened, but you know the the type of person that went to this event in Claremont, New Hampshire, uh, generally sort of uh, uh, I don't want to say white trash, but like redneck type. Of people, yeah. right? You know, baseball hat, scruffy beard, T-shirt, you know, I mean, yeah, type of people, right? Smokers, you know, Western right? New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, this story from Zero Hedge. Uh, Peakless Mountaineer is generally on top of this stuff. I believe he supplied us with this story today. Is a financial crisis already here? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Wait, is that I mean, a question or is that it, a statement? It, it is a question here is. on this headline, but it's followed with... U.S. banks are closing hundreds of branches and laying off thousands of workers. Really? This has been a, it's been a bit of a slow burn. This hasn't just happened, right? And it's not like there's going to be one day, right? They're doing this a little at a time, right? The trickle down effect. Right. right? They can't have a Black Friday event at the, at the banks, like waiting in line for Black Friday. Right. To get their money. Right. And so they're just. You know, a branch at a time, you know, 50 employees at a time, that kind of a thing, near as I can tell. Uh, But let's find out. Uh, Authored by Tyler Durden. I know that there is, I'm sorry, authored by Michael Snyder, uh, reposted by Tyler Durden. Uh, I know that there is a lot going on in the world right now. I just had to write about what is happening to our banks. High interest rates and chaos in the real estate industry are combining to put an enormous amount of pressure on our largest financial institutions. As a result, banks are getting very tight with their money. They're closing down hundreds of branches, and they're laying off thousands of workers. We are in the early stage of the worst financial crisis since 2008-2009, and I fully expect conditions to get even worse in the months ahead. During the first week of October alone, U.S. banks closed 50 Four local branches just in the first week of October. Major U.S. banks are continuing to close branches across the U.S., leaving an increasing number of Americans without access to basic financial services, unless they have the Internet. (laughs) Like, the the caveat here is, like, like, uh, if you're a business, right, and and I realize banks are, are they a business, sort of, they're, 
You know, they're sort of an arm of the federal government in in a way because they get to print money. But a lot of businesses are an arm of the federal government. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? But that being said, like, you know, a majority of stuff that I do with my bank, I don't need a branch for. Yeah. I could call a number if I need to talk to somebody. I can log into my thing on their website or the app or whatever, and I could do what I need to do. If there's something I need a person for... I, I subscribe to a credit union, a couple different ones. Yeah. And so, like, I've got a teller available to me 24-7 by phone, right? So, yeah. Uh, are they outsourcing this stuff? Absolutely. Do they have some U.S.-based English-speaking stuff? Absolutely. Right? It just depends on how busy they are, you know, uh, who's working at what time, right? Depending yeah. on, you know. So, if you're making your calls off hours, you're likely to get overseas, whereas if you're calling between... Eight and five, you're likely to get, you know, not overseas, right? So it's just kind of how it is. But most of the stuff I need to do, I can do through the app or through their website. You really it's only very... see, uh, like, elderly folks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, 75 plus is usually what you'll see. Like, if I have to go into the bank to do something yeah. that requires, like, I had to change my last name, right? They need the marriage license, and, you know, I had to go in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, the last time I actually had to go into a branch was maybe when I opened my account when I moved because I I went to the local credit union here and opened a, an account there. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, when I bought my used car, uh, okay. we we went to the bank yeah. to do the the money. Thing. And yes. even that, right. usually you don't. Usually you can just do that at the dealership. Yeah. These days. Well, I, it was a private sale. So oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, Individual yeah. used car kind of a thing. And like, you know, well, let's go to the bank and do the money thing. Okay. So yeah. That, sounds like a yeah. good place and, to and do it, right? It's <laughs> kind of good safety practice because yeah. this was like a Craigslist thing. And yeah. So, yeah. you know, it makes sense uh, for, you and know. You're doing it with cash or a bank check? Well, we actually did a transfer because oh, okay. uh, the the Even seller better. also had a, same bank an account same bank. Oh, yeah. with a credit union. Credit unions actually work yeah, together. Yeah, you can use all of them, yeah. Yeah, and like most of the time, as long as somebody's with a credit union, they have what's yeah. called shared branch banking or something oh, like mm-hmm. that. No et- ATM fees. Right, yeah. And so you can just make a transfer as long as you can prove you're you with your ID and your account number and all that stuff. They can prove they're them. The teller will just make the transfer for you right yeah. there wow. on the spot. Yeah, you just need the numbers. So like I didn't have to withdraw cash right to do a cash sale right it, which is weird like yeah. it's still considered a cash sale because you know there was no financing involved so, so it was like yeah, yeah we agreed right. on a price you just wire transfer yeah, digital yeah they just yeah. moved a number from one account into another account and yep. bam bob's your uncle dave ridley from ridleyreport.com calling us dave you're on free talk live <laughs> I like the trumpet sound instead of the meows. Is that that's like great. is that like your entrance music? No, that's that's the. I guess uh, it could be. That's the, that's be the show music. In, it'd be plagiarizing your entrance music. Meow 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 meow. I thought you were just trying to take a take a hint from the midget wrestlers, who, oh, by the way, also had entrance music. Yeah. Like whenever a, a you know a new match started, they'd be like, and weighing in at you know ninety pounds or whatever it is, right? It's so and so from somewhere, and then like big music and yeah. that kind of a thing. That's it was great. pretty sweet. Anyway, go ahead, Dave. Uh, so thanks most recently to the efforts of Chris Wade over at thinkpenguin.com. Uh, I have uh, you know continued been able to continue uh, uh, running the Riddler report, doing you know traveling to bureaucrats and asking them questions. And um, thank you for your so service. I wanted to give you a little bit of in- thank you. Yeah, to give you a little bit of information about like what the uh, what my latest adventures have been. Uh, but you know when when I went to 
to, to, to Ian's sentencing, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, one of the reasons I was able to go, because it's, it's really difficult for me to travel because I do not own a vehicle and I live in the middle of nowhere. So I, um, but I knew that if I went to that, to, to Ian's sentencing, I could also go to a bunch of state house meetings um, and talk to a bunch of bureaucrats and politicians, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of actually going into the sentencing, I spent that time while he was being sentenced, I spent that time asking state reps about Ian's case uh, and about their position on the federal government. Okay. Uh, so, so the um, one of the <laughs> I got you know as with any whenever I go in, that building actually is really it, you know people think of politics as just sort of drab, but this is it's always interesting when I go in there. There's always something interesting. The the um, uh, at least as long as there's some hearings going on. So the first thing that happened is I run into a 19-year-old state rep, right? And I interview her. Uh, that's and um, Yeah, that's, it's not 19 years old or has been a state rep for 19 years? She was 19. A kid. Uh, I didn't even know. Rep. I thought you had to be older than that. No? Just 18? Well, I think you have to be 18. Yeah. She was hmm. elected when she was 18. So now wow. she's starting her first term. That's wow. pretty great. Uh, and, um, she, I interviewed her about NH exit and, you know, got her opinion on it. And she said she wasn't, she wasn't sure, you know, wasn't going to give an opinion until she knew more, uh, the, the idea of, of this New Hampshire independence legislation that we have coming up. Sure. Uh, and, um, you know, I talked to her about Ian's case a little bit, you know, how she felt about the federal relation relations with the federal government. She was pretty, she was not very committal. You know, she was kind of, she didn't say anything red meat. She didn't say anything really super friendly. Um, it was just kind of like, uh, hmm, I don't know. But she just had to watch it. She was, you know, uh, very professional. Uh, and, you know, after I finished interviewing her, she just sat there and listened to me for 10 minutes, uh, just talking about the case and about my concerns with the federal what? government. I th- and that's not something... I'll expect her to be doing in 20 or 30 years after she's burned out. On this point, at this point, she is definitely was very much interested in listening to people, even though like, I'm not one of her direct constituents either. So that was great. Well, that's, yeah, a, that that's, a, great. that's a job of a representative is to listen to yeah. the people you represent and bring those opinions to the state house. Now I, I do have to ask because um, I, I know how this goes sometimes. Uh, occasionally a person, uh, at least me, in my experience, in a professional situation, uh, I'll have a conversation with somebody about like some tech that I kind of already know about, and uh, but they don't know that I know. And <laughs> rather than interrupt them talking, I'll just sort of nod and smile while they explain to me something that I already know mm-hmm. uh, or otherwise tune out because I already know what they're about to tell me. So how do you know that this person was listening rather than you know hearing? I mean, I didn't. I didn't inflict a quiz on her, <laughs> right? But usually, <laughs> there's like things that yeah, people like active do. listening cues. Yeah, they'll they'll uh, res- you know like respond back or uh, you know say something that you said back to you, but in a different way to you know confirm that they have heard you and that kind of stuff. Was this happening, or was it nodding and smiling while you sort of uh, went on a rant? Mm-hmm. Well, all I know is that she she wasn't making an effort to let me say I wasn't making an effort to keep her listening to me. Okay, uh, it, it's just that you know, all I know is there's five other things she could have been doing at that moment, and instead she chose to stand there at least and look like she was listening to me, which is better than most politicians. <laughs> yeah, I mean sometimes yeah. it's even hard to find a friend to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> to listen to you for ten minutes without either interrupting or I'm sorry, so. what? <laughs> Major pain. From Michigan. What's on your mind, Major? 
Hey, how you doing, guys? And hey, Nikki. <laughs> All right, um, I got. Well, I guess I got four quickies for you, and we can talk about this bank. About four. As far as that meow uh, entry, unless meow makes his cutting you guys a check. <laughs> Come on, enough, enough. <laughs> we'll be the decider. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just one one voice out of the wilderness. Although your but, uh, uh, your your objection has been noted. Back in the back, you were talking about the midget wrestling too. Yep. Back in the day, they used to sick like six midgets on a full size one. Oh. Wrestling. Oh, that's pretty funny. That was pretty entertaining. Yeah, that, and I that's don't good. think he was so gruff as he just pick them up and throw them out of the arena or whatever, but. It's like midget tossing, good. right? Right. So they like, do that too, yeah. I, yeah. And that's also a thing. But like, um, people are like, when I'm tell you know, just regular people that I bump into, like you know, you're at the bar, you're talking, like, ah, I'm going to midget wrestling, and you're like, you're going to exploit those poor little people, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what they do for a living, yeah. Right. This is their job. That's like going to a concert know? and being like, you're really going to exploit those poor musicians. Right. They want you. <laughs> yeah. they, that's why they're right. doing it. They want you yeah. to come. These it's guys, not like a circus where it's like animals. Yeah. These guys are are showmen <laughs> for sure. So anyway. I've never seen a midget. I've never seen a midget that was slight. They're all like bulked up a little bit. Even if they're not, you know, working out and professional wrestlers. Well, these guys are jacked. I think they have to, yeah. right, to, like, like fit their organs and their body. Yeah. What's that, Major? I said you're not going to see a twig boy midget. Yeah, I've never right. seen, like, a like a thin one. Yeah, but, like, at the same time, beefy, yeah. like, these guys were buff. I mean, toned. Jacked up, Like, man. jacked up. Like, if they're not doing roids, they're doing mini roids or something, right? You know, I'm... <laughs> I, I I don't micro roids. Well, micro roids. At one point, the guy was like trying to do push-ups, and the other guy stood on his hands and was doing push-ups. Yeah, handstand oh, push-ups hand push and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, cartwheels and backflips and yeah. lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, they're you know <laughs> athletes for you know what they are. You know, uh, so there you have it. Yeah, well, the, the closer you are to the ground, the easier it is to do you know somersaults and cartwheels and whatnot. <laughs> and true. you ain't got to fall the power down and you're knocking down either. <laughs> But the other the other couple ones you guys were talking about, Mark Twain's uh, quote about arguing with a fool. Yeah. I got the Webster's Dictionary of Quotes here, and I think I'll probably trust that more than I will that thing you pulled off the internet. <laughs> Twain said, never argue with a fool. Onlookers not be, may not be able to tell the difference. Well, that's also <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's, another quote. Yeah. yeah, that's another quote. Yeah. Right. And the the uh, the one you were reaching for is where's Bob's your uncle come from? I'm pretty sure that was Benny Hill. Mm, that's Benny not Hill. the one I was reaching right. for, but Bob's I, your uncle and Fanny's your aunt. Uh, yeah, I know that. Uh, uh, I know that they did use that at least on some of the British comedies. Benny Hill, Major, you're probably old enough to remember a, a British sort of a late night sort of show adjacent to Benny Hill called Dave Allen at Large. Mm, nah, yeah, that doesn't yeah, okay. ring a bell. I might not. Have, I might not have had a station and got that back in the day. Yeah, well, that's all right. Uh, but yeah, it certainly is a, a a British term, and I I don't know the etymology of it. But uh, if I have time, I'll look it up. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a curious quote. Who the hell's Bob? <laughs> you know, I mean, I've heard jokes about you know turning the guy with no arms and no legs and putting him out in the water. <laughs> Or what do you Bob, call him? His name's Bob, Bob, right? Yeah. What do you call a guy with no arms and no legs who hangs on a wall? Art. Uh, Art. Art. Yeah. What do you call his father? Uh, I don't know. Pop Art. Ah. <laughs> oh, Pop. <laughs> Anything else, Major? 
well, as far as this bank debacle and them firing everybody, yeah, they're planning on getting this government crypto online. It's not crypto. Seems to me they're going to have to go rehire all the fools they just fired. Yeah, it's what the government's doing is not crypto. It's the CBDC. I just want to be clear to our listeners about that. I know you get it, Major. Uh, but like, I don't want to, I don't want to confuse our listeners into thinking that the government is adopting crypto. They're not, they're trying to create a digital currency, which expires that expire, which is different than a cryptocurrency. All right. A cryptocurrency has, has no one in control of it. Whereas this would be controlled exclusively by the government. I think it was on PBS. I heard him pushing a narrative that, uh, if you got crypto, then the government could access your bank accounts, or if you got this government crypto, they couldn't access your bank accounts. They were trying to put a twist on it where it was security-based, you know, mm-hmm. and we all know that's a bunch of horse feathery. It certainly is. Uh, the British comedy space TV series, I was thinking about Red Dwarf. Red oh, Dwarf. yeah, that did not come up in all of my uh, yeah, searching. It's, it's one of the, I mean, it's popular amongst, well, we'll just say the, the nerd crowd, I guess, cultural nerds, in the not, UK. not technical nerds, right? So, like, if you mention stuff like, uh, uh, you know... Like Trekkies? Uh, yeah, Trekkies, Star Trek... Yeah. Um, Star Wars people. Star Wars, Firefly, stuff like that. Red Dwarf frequently comes up as one of those that, that the nerds... Uh, Battlestar like, Galactica? Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> if you go to, like, a Comic-Con or something, there'll oh, yeah. be somebody that used to be on uh, Red Dwarf. There'll be people dressed up as characters from Red Dwarf at any of these Comic-Cons and stuff like that. So mm. there you have it. But that's where it I... sounds like it'd be a good name for one of those midget wrestlers. I know the article said that that interest rates are high right now. They're actually historically normal right now. Uh, not for mortgages, they're not. What? Mortgages are 8%, bro. Right. That's high. No, that's not. Historically, that is not very high. So I think they just abruptly jumped up there. So right. I think that's why people are really like, whoa. But I know um, one of our neighbors is like, well, who cares? Because we were like, oh, yeah, the interest rate, though. And he's like, who cares? When I bought this house in 1980, the interest rate was like 12 or 14%. Right, right. right. So, yeah, yeah, the 80s, it, I mean, I remember, geez, like... Yeah, but the, the value of the dollar was through the roof compared to today at that interest rate. Uh, right, so. right. But, but I think rates have been kept artificially too low. Money's been too cheap for Wall Street to to get money. Mm-hmm. And and now there you know every like the corporate debt restructuring, they have to restructure debt every 2 years. So the so during the pandemic, mm-hmm. all these corporations loaded up on debt yep. and they bought it cheap. Yep. Well, it's going to it's going to come due to being mm-hmm. uh you know reserviced yeah. at a higher interest rate and they're going to go, "Oh, we can't do that." Yeah. And then Well, and, and let's not let's not forget the um uh, the corporate uh, I'm trying to remember the term for it. It's all of the the office space that commercial real estate, commercial real estate. Yes. Right. Thank you. Uh, all of the office space that uh, has not, you know, since COVID they're like, Oh, well we don't, we discovered we can do all this work from home yeah, exactly. with all over people. And we don't need to keep this large office. We don't need to pay this lease right. anymore. So all yeah. of that stuff is and about they, to come due. And they want to turn those into apartments. So there it's like, Oh, this is perfect for your C40 or 15 minute city. You're right. You just hey put them all in those high rise apartments. Yeah. So so that's on the brink as well. Uh, you know, fueling further speculation of a financial collapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been talking about on Free Talk Live. You know, a number of hosts have been talking about how it's not a question of when or if, but a question <laughs> of when. Yeah. Right. It's not a question of if, but a question of, of when. when. 
math says that you know because we've entered the fiat phase of the empire that financial collapse is inevitable. Right. Open a history book. Every empire in history that has collapsed has had a financial collapse. Then they got to take us to war. And the financial <laughs> collapse begins usually soon after they move to completely fiat currency, mm-hmm. when their yeah. currency is no longer backed by has anything. Has it happened in the past? Oh, a bunch of times. Every empire. I didn't know that. I thought uh, go, everybody always go used like gold or silver or something real. Go look at Rome hmm. and and uh, they're like the shining example of turning yeah. to fiat currency, right? Uh, they had gold coins, but they started shaving little bits off of them and making more coins out of those little bits, but spending them as if they were worth the same amount of money, oh. right? And then eventually, yeah, that really doesn't make sense. And then That's then eventually like worse than they the started, dollar. They started coating things like wood or you know other metals that weren't you know valuable at all or rocks or whatever they could coating them with gold and then passing those off as gold coins when they really weren't right it's kind of like the kind of like you know original silver coins right. and then they just put nickel plating and copper and right. now it's you know even the even a zinc penny yep. you know the, the pre 1982 they were made of 100% copper so a pre 1982 yep. penny is probably worth about 3 cents right now in terms of copper value yep but i <laughs> I don't know. Can I say this? I I needed to, I needed I needed washers. Oh yeah, to, for, to put some screws with a washer. Like the washers are five cents, so you just drill through a zinc penny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> use it as a washer. Use it as a washer. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I remember that's growing up. Uh, my aunt and her pool. She had like the liner. They used pennies oh. to, uh, and I remember like as a kid, I thought that was the funniest thing. Uh, they what? they used it to like um, pin in the pool liner in place. Like oh. they, they put it in between, it decorative. like decorative, or was the, it was it structural? Or was it decorative? No, it was structural. Well, like not a, really like structural, shim, but right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like in between the ground, it was an in-ground pool, but in between the ground and the uh, the pool liner thing that right. was had yeah. to be held up by pennies. Yeah, well, it was the, it was just in between, just because it needed a little bit of space, like a right. little cushion there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A nice. little shim. Yeah, penny yeah. shims. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bring it up all the time when we talk about pennies, but uh, you could buy a. Uh, a bag full of uh, plastic <laughs> pennies for a dollar twenty nine. A yes. hundred pennies for a dollar yeah. twenty nine. I've seen them for more than that. I've seen them for four bucks four for a hundred pennies. For 100, plastic. 100 so plastic maybe, pennies maybe, is more um, expensive than a hundred pennies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is, this awesome. is how ridiculous uh, government money is. So uh, anything you can do, uh, or anything I can do to get out of government money. Uh, is something that I'm looking very carefully at, and if not, already doing. Easy jet flight canceled because of defecation incident. Again. This is a trending, uh, you know, thing that's going on. An easy jet flight was canceled, and its passengers made to disembark after someone on board the aircraft apparently defecated on the airplane bathroom floor. So the last, the last, the last, the last one we covered was like all up and down the aisle. <laughs> yeah, right. This oh, one's that, like, slightly more contained. Too, yeah. In that article it was so funny. Like they were just, it was a mess, and it was like a different points of views of like different passengers and like flight attendants, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, it was an explosion. Right. It was everywhere. Yeah. It was a biohazard, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like they said yeah. it was a biohazard. Well, that's why they have to get off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they they turned the plane around in that story, but in this story. Uh, apparently the flight was canceled and passengers made to disembark after someone on board apparently defecated on the bathroom floor. The flight on Sunday evening from the Spanish island of Tenerife 
to London Gatwick had already been delayed by several hours. Aaron Gadu, a passenger on board, told CNN Travel that the flight had already run into trouble pre-departure when the scheduled plane was switched out for a smaller aircraft, meaning some customers were turned away at boarding. Those who did make it on board two hours after the scheduled departure then had to wait on the ground for more than an hour while bags were offloaded because of the aircraft being overweight. As the delay extended, the atmosphere on the packed flight was characterized by suspense and anger, Gadu said. Easy jet planes, as they are, just aren't very comfortable. It's just a basic seat with okay-ish legroom, so everyone was just a bit tense, he said. Then, the pilot finally gave the all-clear, and he said that it'll be about 20 minutes until departure, recalled Gadu. And that's when the incident happened with the defecation. <laughs> the incident. The incident. <laughs> I love that. Uh, when I was in uh, doing heavy metal bands in the Seattle area, uh, one of the things we'd say uh, was like we're interviewed by people, you know, local rags or that kind of a thing. Uh, like, they're like, well, tell us about some of the. Well, we can't talk about that because we haven't been let back in there since the incident. It's the, the incident. incident. And they're like, oh, what's the incident? We can't tell you. It's, yeah. right? it's just this fictitious thing that nobody knows anything yeah. about. The incident. Yeah, right. the incident. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's when the incident happened with the defecation. <laughs> a very uncomfortable experience is the quote. They have a picture of some planes here that are unrelated to uh, anything we've talked about. Uh, Gator said he was seated in the middle of the aircraft, but saw two passengers visit the front airplane bathroom. Then word spread that someone had defecated on the bathroom floor. An unpleasant smell followed. <laughs> An unpleasant. <laughs> I, I don't rate these things. I just read them to you. Wow. No one was happy about this situation, said Gator. <laughs> but he says most believe the incident was an accident. <laughs> I mean, quote unquote, like when your kid, you know, wet yeah. his has pants or something. Like, is this yeah, what happened? Well, this person probably had an accident. Everyone was being polite to each other. There was no fighting amongst the passengers. He said it was just a very uncomfortable experience. Obviously, the plane was in an unsanitary state. Steve, I know, knows this band. Are you familiar with the band called Wasp? Yes. Very well. But wait, they are W. ASP. But it's not WASP. It's W period A period. It is. Yeah. So what does it stand for? Uh, it depends on who you ask. Oh. Is that um, like swag? Uh, well, <laughs> it could be like, it's like there's many definitions for the acronym for KISS, right? Like KISS oh. uh, was, I think the most popular one is like Knights in Satan's Service, right? I didn't really? know that I KISS was an that. acronym. Well, that's the legend, the but like- but like what what I heard or read, actually a quote from Gene Simmons was the reason we're called Kiss is because they wouldn't print f- the f word. Oh, they wanted to call on, their band on the album cover. Yeah, they wanted to call their album their band the f word. Really? Right. That rhymes with truck. Yeah. Right, you know, but yeah. they. But That's the, a horrible like band the, name. The though. label wouldn't. You know, whatever the the music industry so wouldn't allow with them. Kiss yeah. So they went with Kiss instead. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's the legend. It sounds very Spinal yeah. Tapish. So Wasp. Uh, I'm trying to remember the ones that I've heard. Uh, we are. I, we are sexually perverted. We are Satan's uh, people, or something like that. Wow. Like, there's a whole bunch of different supposed acronyms. For it, uh, I'll allow our listeners to go look that up for themselves if they want to know. But um, he did an interview recently on Blabbermouth.com, or I'm sorry, Blabbermouth.net. 
uh, posted the interview from, uh, well, they posted it today, apparently. Uh, Blackie Lawless, who's been the lead singer, main songwriter for Wasp for mm, 40 years, maybe. Jeez. They've been around yeah. a long time. Yeah. Uh, in an interview with Metal Shop, Wasp frontman Blackie Lawless spoke about how he was affected by his experience with the PMRC. So back in the 80s, uh, Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, uh, started this organization called the PMRC, the Parental Music Resource oh, Center. Oh, yes. Okay. More than three and a half decades ago. Uh, and they published a list called the Filthy 15. Uh, this list consisted of the top 15 songs they wanted to ban due to objectionable lyrics suggesting, in their opinion, violence, sex, drugs, alcohol, or the occult. And I remember um, during the, I don't know if it was a hearing or what it was, but they had D. Snyder that was, talk on that it. That was the hearing. Absolutely epic. Frank Zappa actually was sort of the behind the scenes coach yeah. of all of this. Which makes he sense because up. he's such like an evil genius, right? Totally is. Like, yeah. And he wrangled up people like D. Snyder and Blackie Lawless to take yeah. part in the congressional hearings so about this. I didn't know that Blackie Lawless also like spoke at the hearing. I just saw the D. Snyder video. In the D. Snyder video, video was right he was so well spoken i was very impressed oh yeah d did a great and you job. know like no one's i mean he goes on stage you know with the makeup and it's twisted sister like you don't expect that from yeah. them um but he was very well spoken and i what sucks it was great what sucks about d snyder is he did all this stuff to stand up for free speech uh, particularly in music, to stand up yeah. against this obviously political uh, shaming, blackmail, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call it, blackballing, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Attempt at censorship, attempt at taking away your rights to listen to whatever the heck you want to listen to. Uh, he did such a great job at that. Fast forward a few decades later, when he's all fat and sassy and rich, sitting on fat his ass sassy, in his yeah. in his mansion. Here comes COVID, and he's all, "No, you guys got to mask up." Go get it's your shot, man. So many I'm not going to take it with you not getting your shot. Right? Yeah. yeah. So many musicians did that. I mean, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, I know. It's, it's so disappointing. Total sellout. They're now the I machine, mean, yeah. yeah, Rage for the Machine. Right. So, at any rate, uh, the PMRC, which was Tipper Gore's organization, uh, published the Filthy 15, and they petitioned for lyrics to be printed on the album jackets, and that, and they said no one was safe. Heavy metal, heavy metal acts were right there alongside with regular pop stars. ACDC, Madonna, Motley Crue, Judas Priest, Prince, Wasp, Merciful Fate, Vanity, Death Leopard, Cyndi Lauper, and Twisted Sister all made the Filthy 15 list. Even really? Cyndi Lauper? Yeah. For what? what For what song? You go look it up. Well, in November of 1985, the RIAA, also a very hated organization known as the Recording Industry Association of America, agreed to put parental advisory explicit lyrics labels on selected releases at their own discretion. So basically, voluntary. Well, somebody said, okay, RIAA, you know, you put these stickers, right? This thing backfired. Like, yeah, because then that became it, the cool thing. It increased sales. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So like mo- like if you wanted to sell more records, you put parental advisory explicit lyrics, even right. if there were none. Right. Unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, this is Peakless Mountaineer. Hello, Mr. Mountaineer. Can't, uh, can't stay away want- from us, huh? <laughs> I just can't quit you. <laughs> no, I just wanted to... Uh, 
update you guys. It just got called the uh, election in Argentina. It is going to be a runoff with Millet. Nice. Mm, cool. That's a, a, a huge step for somebody with a libertarian, uh, at least apparent libertarian or ANCAP leanings. Yeah, he's, uh, it, it came in about uh, 36% uh, Massa, 30% him, and uh, 20% uh, the next contender, which uh, looks to be uh, sort of conservative. So uh, no telling really which way that one's going to go. So do you have any insight into what the runoff looks like in Argentina? Is it just the top two guys now go against each other yep, in a vote off? Yep, it's the top two. Okay. So, yeah, this one they had uh, several options. Um, and didn't get a whole lot of votes past the first three. Uh, next one, it will just be the top two. I like his haircut. <laughs> it is magnificent. <laughs> it's like Austin Powers. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Uh, do you have any... It's the Jose San Martin. <laughs> do you have any sense of a timetable for this, Peakless? Uh November. 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 Oh, okay, so not. Yeah. it's going to come up pretty quick, weeks. huh? Yep, pretty quick. All right. Uh, was there anything else of significance to that story? Uh, no, that's really it. Um, there's been uh, a lot of uh, election interference, uh, people throwing out Malay ballots, but uh doesn't seem to have stopped them. If our listeners are not familiar with this guy, uh, I'm trying to remember how to spell his last name right as, as I'm talking about it, but... Uh, if you go online and just look up some videos, but you know Argentina Millet, is it M I E L I M I L E I M I L E I? If you mm-hmm. just look for videos on this guy, Javier is his first name. Yeah, they are incredible videos, in my opinion. Uh, stuff that I'm surprised we're seeing from somebody on a on a foreign platform not yeah. like uh, we as libertarians are exposed to people who say the kinds of things Malay has been saying on a daily basis particularly here in new hampshire right right yeah. we say these things all the time here on free talk live but it is so refreshing hearing some of this come from somebody that none of us know right we've not hung out with he's not been yeah. to new hampshire near right. as i can tell right you know all that it's kind of the stuff same thought you know but like yeah he's coming from the same uh, process the same perspective of philosophy and freedom first, and it's very refreshing to oh, me. Absolutely, anyway. yeah. Well, if he if he doesn't if he's not victorious, he should move to New Hampshire. <laughs> we love him here. Circling back to this bit uh, from Blackie Lawless on the PMRC and his opinion of how politicized it was, he goes on to say, "You don't have to be Nostradamus." To see what's going on with young people these days, he continued. Parents just don't get involved with their kids as much as they used to. Are you going to tell me that these parents at Columbine didn't know anything was going on with their kids? Hey, my mother knew what I was doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But parents now, they don't want to take any responsibility for their children. They bring something into this world, and then when something goes wrong, they want to blame everybody else for it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. This past July, Wasps previously announced 2023 U.S. tour was canceled uh, because of back injuries suffered by Blackie Lawless during the European leg of their tour. Lawless has led Wasp as its lead vocalist and primary songwriter since the beginning. His unique brand of visual, social, and political comment took the group to worldwide heights and sold millions of records alongside a legacy of sold-out shows across the globe for four decades. Crazy. Mind you... 
Wasp largely did this with near zero airplay on radios as well. Right. So like because they were controversial in their lyric writing and their subject matter uh, and, you know, their stage shows and all that kind of stuff, no one wanted to put them on air. And that's how you can tell really good music like the Grateful Dead. Right. Like you don't hear the Grateful Dead on the radio and you didn't even when they were in the in the 70s and their heyday, whatever. Yep. Um, But they have a cult following. So these Mm -hmm. these bands who are selling out arenas and stadiums and have these. You know, like they're very, very popular. People are buying their albums. They're buying their merch. People are just obsessed with them. Yep. That's real music. But the the pop music you're hearing on the radio, that's just what you're being force fed. You know, you're just driving in the car and like that's all that's available. Even a lot of the classic rock stations or the, the modern rock and roll stations, it's like, is this music really good or is this just what the disc jockey or I don't the DJ, whatever <laughs> you call them these <laughs> Right. <laughs> is this just what they want me to hear? You know what I mean? Right. It's funny because, yeah. I mean, you could hear on classic radio Tom Petty's, uh, everything from Tom Petty up until Wildflowers, but after that he did six other albums, but you don't hear any of that. We have Shane calling from Memphis, Tennessee. Shane, you are on Free Talk Live. <laughs> good evening, guys. That's good. <laughs> uh, considering uh, the conversation we had when I screened you, I thought you know we'll play it yeah. up a little bit, right? So. Uh, you yeah, co- well, you never know these days, right, with technology. Uh, just so our listeners know, uh, Shane called in, I screened him, and he, he says something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, I just, first of all, are you guys real, or are you guys AI that the government <laughs> uh, you know, has put online to get us to call in so they can trace us more readily? And uh, I, of course, uh, hopefully assuaged his fears that we are real people. <laughs> if you want to check, you can go over to like watch.freetalklive.com and see our video stream if you would like to see our faces for radio. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, I wanted to call in first to thank you guys for many nights of entertainment uh, while I was in prison. I uh, couldn't call in then because, of course, it's prison, mm-hmm. uh, federal prison at that. So uh, I listened to you on the radio uh, while I was at Petersburg, Virginia, well, thank at the you. Uh, Federal Correctional Institute there, and uh, enjoyed your shows. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank I'm, you for listening. I'm glad you did. We're glad you yeah. are ab- you're out, of course, and able to call now. And you know what? Well, I I'm think more people, more people in prison should probably be listening to shows like mm-hmm. Free Talk Live because it's it's kind of surprising because you think that especially those people that are definitely they victimized have no, by they the have state, no you know, yeah. yeah, they're thrown in a cage. You think those people would maybe get freedom and liberty, but yeah. sometimes they don't. And maybe Shane can give us, you know, his uh, version of that. Uh, but I do know for a fact that uh, Free Talk Live does get listened to in some prisons. Uh, that are near, you know, sort of our radio stations that broadcast the show. Now, not a lot of, uh, not all of the radio stations broadcast all three hours. Some stations will pick up one hour or two hour, or if they need filler, then they'll pick up all three and that kind of a thing. So, uh, but Shane, go ahead. Right. Most most of the prisons, uh, I've been to, I was transferred among seven different prisons during my stay Jesus. in the federal system. So they have a very lucrative uh, transportation system. So when you get in trouble or you're a thorn in their side like I was because I use a lot of the administrative, the grievance process in prison to address issues that the prison has yeah. uh, for conditions of comi- confinement for inmates. But, yes, I would say I didn't find y'all's radio station until probably 2000, when was that, 21, okay. I think. All right. uh, before that, most most prisoners I know have listened to, like, Ghost to Ghost, uh, the uh, Sean Hannity and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the Free Talk Live was something I just came across one day flipping through the channels because they regulate 
uh, our communication. So some radios that we have only have FM, some have FM AM, but not always. So yeah, and like an issue. Thank you for calling in and telling us this stuff because like this is what makes it worthwhile for us, right? We want to get through to people uh, who need to hear the message of freedom the most. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, the freedoms in prison are very few. Even though they try to tell us that. We still have constitutional rights in prison. They're just restricted a little. Yeah, a, a bunch little? of BS. Uh, and I, I, you know, I heard the the a couple of episodes where some guy that y'all know went is gone to prison or something. Yeah, the founder uh, actually, the founder of this show, Free Talk Live, uh, is now behind bars. Uh, he has been convicted by a jury of uh, selling Bitcoin to willing and voluntary customers. Well, I didn't know Bitcoin was a legal tender under the Legal Tender Act. Yeah, it's not. Doesn't matter. Then how is it? Then how is it a federal crime if it's not covered under the Legal Tender Act? That's what we're wondering as well. We're all well, wondering I the wonder, same thing. Yep. When y'all were talking about it, I wondered the same thing myself uh, because being in prison for 18 years, I studied the law quite a bit, dealing with the prison system and other things that other prisoners were there for. Yeah. And I could never find that, that connection. It's the same thing with the whole Commerce Clause mm-hmm. and how the government says, well, we have the right to regulate commerce because it affects interstate commerce and foreign commerce. Well, right. how, did, how do you explain that? Because you're, somebody was talking about guns on one, uh, I think the lady was, and guns are sold everywhere, just like computers and TVs and packs of cigarettes. But you're not putting juveniles in federal prison for stealing a pack of cigarettes. You, you make, see what I'm saying? You make excellent points, Shane. But uh, I called to, to you know to kind of talk to y'all about that. Uh, I don't know if I'm a libertarian. I think I'm more of a constitutionalist. I believe in the Constitution and what it says Mm -hmm. and how it's supposed to work. But I also believe in the freedoms to do what you want, uh, as long as it doesn't infringe on the next person's freedoms. Just to give you a little more background on on Ian Freeman being in prison, uh, we live in a little tiny town uh, called Keene, New Hampshire, right? Uh Uh, 25,000 people maybe, thereabouts. Uh, the Keene, New Hampshire Police Department has been militarized so that they have two uh, what they call bearcats. These are tanks. Uh, they're not, they, they don't have the, the tread like the traditional tank. They have wheels. but They do have battering rams. They, they have battering know. rams. They're fully armored. They have turrets so that they can like you know point guns at you out of them or whatever. Uh, they raided the studio that I'm sitting and broadcasting from right now. Uh, because it's, wow. it's it's based in in King, New Hampshire. Uh, not only did they raid, they didn't even bother to knock. Right? Nope, uh, no, the no, crime, the, the crime that Ian was uh, crimes that he was uh, accused of uh, could have definitely been handled by first of all notifying him that he was doing something wrong officially. No one ever did that. He didn't receive any letters <laughs> from any of the government call. agencies. <laughs> they didn't have to raid the studio at all because these are generally speaking uh, we're. We're in a house, right? Uh, but we're in one room of the house. Uh, and generally speaking, the people who live here are peaceful people, right? We only believe uh, that violence should be used in self-defense. And right. so all they needed to do was knock on the door. Somebody would have answered, and they could have done whatever they wanted to at that point, right? The, okay, well, you're yep. under arrest, or you know, we're going to arrest these people, or whatever it was. They didn't do any of that. Instead, at 6 a.m., 
there a little bit before 6 a.m. Uh, they crashed through doors and windows using battering rams and these bearcats. Uh, they had, near as we could tell, some sort of a smoke device that was deployed mm-hmm. uh, to obscure your view. They smashed windows. It was Pointed a gun at Matt's chest. Many guns. They had several agencies, amongst them the local Keene Police Department, the FBI. The post office. The post office, the IRS. <laughs> And there's somebody I'm forgetting, AT, but uh, uh, maybe they, not, a, not a, the ATF, I think was, the ATF there because was there. They, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. I think we counted seven different agencies, probably somewhere between twenty and fifty officers. This was wow. a uh, what they claim a six-year investigation, right? Wow! And uh, guess who paid for that? Right? Y'all, oh, yeah. y'all, all y'all. Oh, yeah, all, all y'all. y'all, all y'all, y'all paid for not that. Me. <laughs> not me. I was in prison. Uh. <laughs> Well, you know, they get you somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, the prison does, let me tell you. But, you know, you bring up a good point because uh, about the militarization of the police. I was just seeing, uh, I think it was the guy who escaped from prison. They showed the police, had him surrounded in their military-looking uniforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was on the news. I really want to find that, that shot because if you take that and put it next to the picture where they show the Wagner group together, mm. they look the same almost. <laughs> it's a stage. It's a yeah. sound stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Surprise. It, it, look, Surprise. it looks, I'm just saying, the way they're dressed compares to a, a mercenary group or a military group. Uh, and this is our police across the country. Yep. Now. Yeah. Yeah, you're not. You know. uh, I'm. I, I only got a couple of years on you, so you and I are about the yeah. same age range. So, like, uh-huh. you and I both remember before police were militarized. Like, I remember when, uh, you know, social media was just starting to talk about. Oh my gosh, is America becoming a police state? Well, guess what? Yeah. They they did. Yeah. They are. Like, there's no more fear of it becoming one. We already are one. Yeah. Well, when I came to prison, there were smartphones wasn't where they are. I, the Motorola Razor V3 flip phone was the most the technologically <laughs> advanced phone when I came to prison. So wow, <laughs> my biggest issue with getting out is I walked into my first gas station to, to get something to eat, and I, I couldn't decide. I couldn't make a decision because there was just so many choices. It was like in prison you got a commissary sheet that's got you can get this, 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 and this, right. and that's it. Right. And it's like I was just – I just had to go back to the car and said, no, I don't want nothing. Shane, you wanted to say some more, maybe give some advice either about Ian or to other people maybe facing the long arm of the law? Yeah, with him with him just uh, still at the county and waiting to come. Now, one thing he needs to, to ask, talk to his lawyer about is during appeal, he can petition or motion, I should, I should say, motion the court to be released until the appeal is decided because they take into account, what they take into account is your dangerous, dangerous, dangerness i'm sorry to society right to, for them to let you out on appeal as and i he can as he i can understand it though this was done during the uh, they actually broke up the sentencing hearing into two different hearings for whatever reason i don't know uh mm. there was a large turnout of protesters and supporters uh, at oh, okay. both of these trials, so I think maybe that had something to do with their splitting it into two. But at the second hearing, they did motion for that, and that motion was denied, and he was taken into custody immediately. So well, they, they, did can it, appeal. they did it before. Okay, well, they can still appeal the court's des- denial of that Sweet. to the appeals court. I, I will and make sure their can... attorneys know. 
and they can appeal that higher. The attorneys should know that. Any motion that's denied by a court can be appealed to the higher court all the way to the Supreme Court. Sure. So he has those options. But it sounds like what you were saying with his criminal record is because they will use a bounce check. They will use a driving on suspended license. They will use a traffic ticket to try to jack your points up. Okay, And what I mean by points is there's a point system that determines what security level of prison you go to from a camp to a low, to a medium, to a USP, or to the ADX Florence. Okay. So, since he doesn't have an extensive criminal record, he is most likely being a financial crime, which they consider white collar, yep. will go to a low or a camp. Okay. He's only got eight years, so he could possibly go to a camp. Now, his eight years will be minus his good time, and how you calculate that would be eight. It's 85% of eight years. Okay. Now, with the, the passage of the First Step Act, if he takes classes in there like resume writing, typing, uh, cognitive behavioral thinking, all that stupid mumbo-jumbo crap they want you to take mm-hmm. to make them look good that has no relevance to the prison system, he will get anywhere from 10 to 15 days a month off for every 30 days that he participates and completes a class. Okay. So he can effectively get it reduced by a couple of more years hmm. quicker that way. Uh, the prison system is not about re- rehabilitation. <laughs> yeah. No matter what they tell him or what they what y'all think, it it has no uh, uh, rehabilitation effort whatsoever. Yeah, we're, they make them we're get keenly their aware. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They make them get their GEDs and stuff like that, but the rest of it's BS. Um, some of the First Step Act stuff is going to improve that a little bit because now you can get a Pell Grant while you're in prison to take a college course. Mm-hmm. So that allows some guys who got some sense to get a uh, some kind of secondary uh, education. Uh, but his thing is going to be just in there to keep his nose clean because if he gets in trouble, he loses good time, and it'll just keep him there longer. So he doesn't need to be a coward or nothing because you know the stories about prison. You have to stand up for yourself. Sure. And anybody who's in prison, I tell them that you have got to stand up for yourself, but do it in a way that shows the other person is the aggressor because that's going to make it easier on you when it comes to going to what they call the disciplinary hearing officer. Yep. But he will probably go to a camp or a low uh, if he's from. Uh, New Hampshire, then it'll probably be somewhere like Berlin or maybe Devons. Yep. One of the prisons within 500 miles. So that's Aria's currently in FMC Devons, right. and it's a camp. Okay. Um, yes. And I think all signs are pointing towards him going there. Yeah, she seems um, to believe that uh, that's where he'll end we, up based on her lawyer and We don't really her conversations. know, yeah. though, um, but there's no yeah. reason why they couldn't be together. Um, based well, on there's things. There's no co-ed. There's no co-ed prisons. Well, in she's in a men's facility, so. What? <laughs> yeah, she's trans, and they decided that oh, uh, she was okay. going to go to a men's facility. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, no. I yeah. No. I, with the female pronouns, yeah, I understand how yeah, that yeah. could be uh, yeah. confusing yeah. if you don't know the the, yeah. the situation. But yeah, so right, she right. she's in a men's facility. Okay. All right, well, that's that's probably going to be his, his lookout. That's probably what his he's got to look forward to is that uh, most of the Lowe's prisons and camps are nonviolent because people don't want to get transferred yep. from there. The mediums and the pens are usually the most violent, and 
he's probably not even going to go there, so he'll be all right. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.